Greetings, PBIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Billy. For the past couple of weeks, we were in the Sermon on the Mount series, and today we move on to the next chapter, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 17, and we talk about a leper, a Gentile, and a little old lady. Pastor Billy, would you be so kind to give us a little summary of your sermon today? Thanks, Neil. Um, I don't know if it said she was little, but... Did I say little? Yes. Yeah. Little old lady. We'll, have, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so as Matthew 8 begins, um, and as Neil mentioned, we're coming out of the Sermon on the Mount. So as, as Matthew 8 begins, the Sermon on the Mount ends and actually becomes the Sermon on the Move. So three portraits are uh, presented in Matthew 8, 1 to 17. Uh, Three portraits are presented of Jesus and his power, uh, specifically his power to the powerless. And as he, as Neil mentioned, heals a leper, a uh, Gentile slave, and, and a Jewish woman. And the healings, they are no doubt uh, miraculous, um, but we are drawn into these portraits to see a a bigger picture. That being that Jesus' work upon the cross unleashes a powerful gospel that brings uh, sinful outsiders into the kingdom. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, moving on to the first question. In these passages, we we talk. Uh, it talks about the relationship of Jesus to the law. Um, <clears throat> it talks about the law and obedience. It says Jesus didn't come down to bo- abolish the law, but to fulfill it. In terms of these uh, today's sermon, what does that mean? What does the what did the law do that Jesus didn't, and what did Jesus do that the law didn't? And in terms of you know our living our lives today. How can that be? How is that played out in culture today? Yeah, the it's interesting when you talk about the law of God, and I, I immediately think of the Psalms, and when the psalmist will speak about the law, right, and we'll talk about loving the law, mm. right, meditating on it day and night. Right. And um, when you think about the law of God in that sense, right, um, I think you have to start with the fact that the law is uh, beautiful. It is right. How God has through his word, um, you know, expressed himself right through the law right there there is a beauty in the law and you see that expressed you know through the psalmist right where they where they where they will talk about talk about the law in this sort of way but what we see in Jesus coming is really that the law is beautiful but it is ultimately powerless mm. in and of itself right the law, there's beauty in the law, but it's powerless. 
when Jesus comes and he embodies the law so that our trust is not in a mere edict or in mere words but is actually directed towards a person so when we can when we trust we are trusting in the person of Christ and that is where it goes we, we transition from the beauty of the law to the power we have in Christ um, in what he does for us right in our place so the law is beautiful in the sense that it enables us to see our sin right we can mm -hmm. see how we fall short of the standard right we're able to comprehend how we have not um, met the standard of God but that's as far as the law mm. can take you right and there's there's it, it's, that's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing to be able to see yourself to have the mirror through which you can see yourself as you really are in the depth of your brokenness sinfulness selfishness and wickedness but it can only go that far and that's where you have Christ the incarnate Christ who comes really embodies the law and then um, uh, then through faith we are empowered um, as we trust in him to live a relational life right that is powerful that's not you know trivial in the sense that it's you know just taught we're talking about mere words right there's a person a relationship that we operate in yeah i think um <clears throat> i was reading and the difference is um when it comes to the sins um i guess we could talk about the first um, leper right in that culture being in that state is very you're in sin or you're unclean um but the law defines defines that sin and it, only only what it does is it exposes it right but it cannot remove it yeah yeah it does it's, not have the resource to be able to do it and yeah. that's i guess that's one of the main reasons jesus fulfills right yeah he, so how how does that apply today yeah yeah, so, you know, it, it, what it really boils down to is it's not, it's, it's the difference between religion and what is mm. Christianity actually is, right? So we're not talking about, um, you know, following um, certain structures or precepts, even though we do, right? right. But the but the, the power is not in that, right? Um it's not us striving to um, gain God's uh, approval, right? It's not us striving, but it's more understanding that God has come to us, right? So it is what God has done for us in Christ mm. that's the root and the ground as opposed to us clamoring to um, get the approval of God. Rather, we are approved in Christ. So really, and you know, I think we've heard it before, right? It's not that we um, obey to make God love us, right? We obey because God, God loves, loves us, mm -hmm. right? It's a motivational 
that's where the motivational the motivation lies and it sounds like it's just semantics right mm. and wordplay but really that's really foundational to how um we live right it's a it's a real difference between how how children of the kingdom live versus those who might have a a misunderstanding and a misapplication of uh, what the kingdom is yeah i I like that one of the other things that was said in that story i think it's a fascinating story how one of the key details that i missed or with uh you know not abolishing the law right it's he said to the leper don't show well he said not to say anything Mm-hmm. go back and not to say anything but to show mm-hmm. to the priests he still abides because in that time in Le- i guess through the leviticus like you were mentioning right you have the priest has to see they have to validate yeah validate confirm yeah mm-hmm. confirm and that shows that you know you're still abiding but yeah. right right and and there's just that idea and we we talked about it in the sermon that the conclusion of that 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 portrait right rather than focusing on the mechanics of the miracle is mm. it's really okay there was your faith now now obey right here's 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 what i here's what i'm requiring of you right here's what i'm i'm asking of you right your faith now comes to life in obedience right it it it, it there's a flourishing mm. uh, of faith in, in obedience right and that there's a connection that's meant to be made there um yeah, so for sure. So breathe still well. Good. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, so moving on to this next question. I guess we can go to the next picture of Jesus' power, which was uh, the centurion. Um, and one of the biggest surprises here, I guess we hear, is the, um, Jesus telling the centurion, the Jew, not the Jew, I'm sorry, the Gentile, <laughs> uh, I tell you the truth, I have not found such faith in anyone else in Israel, as in this Gentile's faith surpasses that of any Jew in Israel, even more than his disciples. Wouldn't you say? In that, and I, I think particularly his disciples, right? I think that's like kind of throwing shade at them. Uh, yeah, it won't be the last time <laughs> in 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 the gospel. Yeah. So, question is, even if the disciples had this doubt and were not considered as the greatest believers, like, what about us in this day and age? Yeah. Is there hope for us? <laughs> yeah. There is hope for us, which is good, <laughs> right? Um yes. yeah, it's um the disciples at this point, right? It is it is a very particular case, right? They are following in the footsteps of the incarnate Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Here on earth, right? And it is a very particular position that they are in, right? You look through the Gospels, you see again and again that they struggle at times with Jesus' identity. Mm. comes up again and again. They are combating their own notions of what the Jewish Messiah should be, right? Should look like, should do. Um, they're combating some of their own pride and um, ambition, right? Uh, you know, you see these these stories in there. Um, 
yeah, they struggle. They struggle with who he is. Um, you know, multiple examples, but I think what comes to mind is when he, you know, calms the storm and the disciples start like, almost, they wonder out loud, who is, who is this that the, like the wind and the waves obey him? Like, who is this guy? Right. That, right. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a struggle, uh, for them. Um, but I think we have to acknowledge that there is a change, that there's a shift, that there is something that is coming in the story that flips the script, if you will. And that, what is that, right? The momentum of the narrative is headed, is hurtling towards one place, and that is the cross, right? And ultimately, through the cross and Jesus' resurrection, what do we see post-resurrection in these disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We see ultimately the fruit is the the church, right, that comes, and you see the faith, right, and the and the and the power through faith that happens. And you go, what do you have? You have them at this point lost almost and and unsure and all that and then you see them sure and preaching the gospel and willing to lay down their lives and and all of this so what is the difference it really is the resurrection it, it is it is and and the importance of that right in that you know, for Jesus, for for him to say all these things and preach this sermon and 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 to do all these things, but for him to then just die, ultimately negates everything. But that he rises again, that he resurrects, that means he is God, right? Mm. So that before and after is huge. Now you come back to us, right? Mm. I think, I think you know, I think growing up, right. In my mind, I was like, oh, man, I wish I, you know, you grow up in your Sunday school, you hear the stories, right? And then mm. you, in my mind, I'm like, man, I wish I was there when, when God created the universe. I wish I could see it, right? Mm. And I, you know, I don't know if you ever had thoughts like that. I, I always did, right? I wish I, oh, man, I wish I could I have been. It was in the Jesus feeding the 5,000. Yeah, right. Be able to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> part of that experience that would have been nice yeah the (laughs) basket just keeps coming and it's like whoa amazing yeah that's a good one too um yeah all of it yeah yeah um you know uh parting the red sea right Mm, i'm like man i wish i i wish i could have just walked through you can go to sight and sound right but it's not doesn't Mm, not quite the same right (laughs) wish i could have been there see the wish i could have wish i could have but really if you think about it to be on this side of the cross albeit 2000 some odd years later when our when our faith is waning when our trust is waning when when we are suffering when we're going through hardship when we're going through trial right previously when when people look back they they had to look back at what the people of god looked back at at the exodus and said okay let me trust in that let me put my trust in in this this thing that happened in the past what do we get to look back what monument in history do we get to look back look back at 
the cross and the resurrection. And that makes all the difference. And it really does make all the difference. Um, and so, you know, we look at the disciples and we say, yeah, you know, they're kind of on the other side of the cross. Um, ultimately, the power of the resurrection is the power for them to believe and trust. And it's that same power for us as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, so uh, what are some questions that we can think about for this week? So first, uh, you know, as we saw in the, in the passage, um, Jesus heals three somewhat unlikely characters or outsiders, right? I think was the word that we used. So um, in light of that, how might this impact those with whom you seek to share the gospel, right? That idea that, um, that Jesus is like bringing in the outcasts. How, how might that influence how, who you share the gospel with, right? Uh, secondly, something to think about, how does the, the account of the, the leper and the centurion specifically highlight the centrality of faith in our response to Jesus. And lastly, how can understanding Jesus as the suffering servant, right? That picture, that picture of um, Jesus, uh, the suffering servant in Isaiah chapter 53, how can understanding Jesus as the suffering servant help us in the midst of uh, our own suffering? Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, we look forward to tackling those questions this week. And until next Sunday, let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God.